0: section sixty-four of cobwebs from an empty skull this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by marianne cobwebs from an empty skull by ambrose bierce divers tales twenty six Maud's papa that is she in the old black silk the one with the gimlet curls and the accelerated lap cat doesn't she average about as i set her forth never told you anything about her well i will twenty years ago many a young man of otherwise good character would have ameliorated his condition for that girl and would have thought himself overpaid if she had restored a fossy on his sepulchre Maud would have been of the same opinion and wouldn't have construed the fossy and she was the most sagacious girl i ever experienced as you shall hear i was her lover and she was mine we loved ourselves to distraction maud lived a mile from any other house except one brick barn not even a watch-dog about the place except her father this pompous old weakling hated me boisterously he said i was dedicated to hard drink and when in that condition was perfectly incompatible i did not like him too one evening, I called on Maud and was surprised to meet her at the gate with a shawl drawn over her head and apparently in great combustion. She told me hastily, "The old man was ill of a fever and had nearly derided her by going crazy." This was all a lie. Something had gone wrong with the old party's eyesight—a of the equinox or something. He couldn't see well, but he was no more crazy than I was sober. I was sitting quietly by him," said Maud when he sat up in bed and began. You never in all your born life. I'm so glad you've come. You can take care of him while I fetch the doctor. He's quite enough now, but just you wait till he gets another paralogism. When they're on, oh my. You mustn't let him talk, nor get out of bed. Doctor says it would prolong the diagnosis. Go right in now. Oh dear, whatever shall I ought to do? And, blowing her eyes on the corner for Shaw, Maud shot away like a comic. I walked hurriedly into the house, and entered the old man's, dromedary, without knocking. The playful girl had left that room a moment before, with every appearance of being frightened. She told the old one there was a robber in the house, and the venerable invalid was a howling coward. I tell you this because I scorn to deceive you. I found the old gentleman with his head under the blankets, very quiet and peaceful. But the moment he heard me he got up and yelled like a heliotrope. Then he fixed on me a wild, piercing look from his bloodshot eyes, and for the first time in my life I believed Maud had told me the truth for the first time in hers. Then he reached out for heavy cane, but I was too punctual for him, and, clapping my hand on his breast, I crowded him down, holding him tight. He cravetted some, then lay still, and swore weak oaths that wouldn't have hurt a sick chicken. All this time I was firm as a rock of amaranth. Presently, moreover, he spoke very low and resigned like, except his teeth chattered. Desperate man, there is no need. You will find it to the northwest corner of my upper secretary drawer. I promise not to appear. All right, my lobster snouted bulbul, said I, delighted with the importunity of abusing him. That is the driest place you could keep it in, old spool cotton. Be sure you don't let the light get to it, angleworm meantime therefore you must take this draught draught he shrieked meandering from the subject oh my poor child and he sprang up again screaming a multiple of things i had him by the shoulders in a minute and crushed him back except his legs kept agitating keep still will you said i you sugar-coated old mandible or i'll conciliate your exegesis with proletarian i never had such a flow of language in my life I could say anything I wanted to. He quailed at that threat, for, deleterious as I thought him, he saw I meant it, but he affected to prefer it that way, to taking it out of the bottle. Better, he moaned, better even than the poison. Spare me the poisoned chalice, and you may do it in the way you mention. The draft, it may be proper to explain, was comprised in a large bottle sitting on the table. I thought it was medicine, except it was black. And although Maud, sweet screecher, had told me not to give him anything, I felt sure this was nasty enough for him, or anybody. And it was. It was ink. So I treated his proposed compromise with silent contempt, merely remarking as I uncorked the bottle, Medicine's medicine, my fine friend, and it is for the sick. Then, in his arms with one of mine, I concerted the neck of the bottle between his teeth, now you lacustrine old cylinder escapement i exclaimed with some warmth hand up your stomach for this healing precaution or i'm blessed if i won't controvert your raison entree." he struggled hard but owing to my habit of finishing what i undertake without any success in ten minutes it was all down except that some of it was spouted about rather circumstantially over the bedding and walls and me there was more of the draught than i had thought as he had been two days ill i had supposed the bottle must be nearly empty but of course when you think of it a man doesn't abrogate much ink in an ordinary attack except editors just as i got my knees off the patient's breast Maud peeped in at the door she had remained in the lane till she thought the charm had had time to hibernate then came up to have her laugh she began having it gently but seeing me with the empty bottle in my sable hand and the murky inspiration rolling off my face in gas grenades, she got graver and came in soberly. Wherewith the draft had done its duty, the old gentleman was enjoying the first rest he had known since I came to heal him. He is enjoying it yet, for he was dead as a monogram. As there was a good deal of scandal about my killing a prospective father-in-law, I had to live it down by not marrying Maud. Who has lived single as a rule ever since? All this epigastric tencentury might have been avoided if she had only allowed a good deal of margin for my probable condition when she splanned her little practical joke. Why didn't they hang me? Waiter, bring me a brandy sponge. Well, that is the most didactic question, but if you must know, they did. End of section 64.